Hello, hello, and welcome to the Your Latina Mentor podcast with your host, Isabel Restrepo, or Isabel Restrepo, as I got used to saying growing up in Minnesota so that people would understand me. And that's a perfect example showing what this podcast is all about, where I'll be highlighting experiences, tools, and resources to navigate what it means to be a woman, a Latina, an immigrant, and everything in between what I like to call this human experience. Part of the inspiration for this podcast is also that I didn't have a Latina mentor growing up. And I wish that some of the things I'm going to share with you, someone would have shared with me. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Your Latina Mentor podcast. Let's dive right in. So if you are just tuning in for the first time, thank you. Welcome. So glad to have you here. If you've been listening for a while also, thank you. So glad to have you here. And before we kind of dive into the podcast episode for this week, which is all about how your mind is not designed to be a decision maker, contrary to popular belief, um, it's really meant to... Well, we'll dive into that. We'll dive into that after this announcement. So I want to just take a quick minute and let you know that my offers are available on the website. So www.isabeljrestrepo.com. And I've kind of finalized in this season that we're in the types of offers that I want to have and the way that I want to work with you. So I'll kind of go through each of these a little bit, uh, quickly. You can go on the website and read about it, but, um, your business by design is where we look at, okay, where are you in your business? You want to go from analysis paralysis and into effective act action. And during the session, we'll organize your ideas, um, make it into a prioritized business plans with offers that you're actually excited about and that are going to draw in your ideal clients. And we do all of this also by looking at your unique human design. The other one is the Instagram audit where I review your current Instagram account and give you actionable feedback to implement again, based on what your current goals are and your unique human design. Then of course, I also offer human design readings where we go through your type, authority, centers, and profile. And if you're new to human design, this just means that we'll go through how you're designed to make decisions, navigate life, what energy you have consistent, consistent access to, and much more. And then if you're looking for a more extended collaboration, this is where we will work on implementing a marketing and business strategy that is tailored to your needs and wants. So we'll go from anywhere from ideation to execution. I've pretty much got you covered. And then of course, this podcast. So I just wanted to take a moment and share that information with you. Again, you can go to the website and check out all of it there. So let's dive into this week's episode. And this week's episode was actually inspired by a client that I had. We were doing the Your Business by Design session, and I was going through her human design chart and 
uh, I, I said something, I said, you know, your mind is not the decision maker. Your mind is meant to be used to problem solve, to come up with ideas, but it's not the decision maker. And this just like absolutely blew her mind. And I loved it. I love seeing the reactions of people's faces when they hear something that just like deeply resonates or just like, wow, I had never thought about it that way before. And so I was like, okay, yes, like let's bring this into a podcast episode and kind of expand on what that really means. And what does it, you know, when I say your mind is not the decision maker, it's like, wait a second, what? Like we're taught to make the pros and cons list. We're taught to look at it from all sides. We're taught to really have the mind be this decision maker. And I'm here to tell you that dun, 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 this is not the best way to make decisions. And the funny thing is that we are all designed very differently on how we actually come to make those decisions. So for example, well, all, so within human design, yes, you have your different types. You have projectors, you have manifestors, generators, reflectors, manifesting generators, and that's your, that's your human design type. But then within each of those, there's, it's called what's called, <laughs> it's called what's called, it's what's called your authority, which is how you're designed to make decisions. And so this is where it starts to get really fun where depending on what your authority is, depending on your different centers that you have defined, which make up your authority, which make up your type, which make up how you, yeah, what energy you have consistent access to or not, this is what makes you you. This is what makes you your design. This is what makes you, you know, like built differently, wired differently. And there's different types of authority or different ways to make decision. One of them is emotional. The other one's sacral, splenic, ego manifested, ego projected, self-projected, mental projected, and lunar authority. So that's a lot, right? Like it's like, wait, what? How do I know what that is? If you're new to human design, just like, it's all good. Just take it all in. You can, you know, if you're really interested, go to mybodygraph.com. It's free. You can put in your birth information and it will show you what your chart is. It will show you what your authority is. It will show you what type you are. It will give you all of the information. And then if you want to dive deeper, you can either do self-study or you can have a reading. For example, I have done all of it. <laughs> I self-study. I've had readings. I dive into human design. Then I put it away on a shelf and then I always come back to it. It's like, I, I love this. I love that. I love human design because it just brings words to some of the things that are like happening in the background that we aren't fully aware of. So for example, I have splenic authority, which means that when I'm making decisions, it's very much in the moment. It's like that hit of intuition. It's like, for me, it's this little voice that's like, don't go left or yes, or more information, you know, like it just, it's the soft little voice. And that's what I use to make decisions. Like when it comes to making decisions, that's what my go-to is. But 
because we've been conditioned as a society, we've been taught like your mind, that's the one that's driving. That's the one that's, you know, that's how you make decisions. You know, that's the most valuable asset. And while yes, the mind is a great tool to use when it comes to decision-making, like, oh, it can totally just overtake the process. So, or like hijack the process. So for example, if it's, I mean, and I go through this too, like, yes, my, my way of making decisions is through my spleen. It's very much in the moment. It's like, I'm going to go for it. And that's my intuitive hit. Like I'm, I'm going with it. But other times when I'm in doubt, when I'm in fear, the mind will take over. And there's like, it's like, um, a panel of voices up there being like, well, how about this? Or no, how about this? And yes, this is positive. And yes, no. And how, but you don't like this color, you know, like, oh my goodness, it used to be so bad, like, and bad, but I, I mean, like even little things that weren't so important would just like take over. And I mean, maybe it is important because you're purchasing something that you're going to have to look at every day. And I'm thinking about a couch. So when I moved to LA, I was like, okay, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to get a really like beautiful couch that I love. And mind you, like my color palette used to be like cream, white and off white. (laughs) And in New York, it was like black, gray and black. (laughs) And so when I went, when I moved to LA, I I don't know why I was like, oh my gosh, what if I get a blue couch? And then I like, was going back and forth about the blue couch and the pros and the cons and like all of it. It was so like draining, like, oh my goodness, it's a couch. Like, don't worry. Like it's, it's not, you know, life or death. But again, the mind was just like, yes, no, yeah. Like all of it, right? All of it. And while yes, this is not an emotionally charged decision, sometimes, when it comes to splenic authority, like the emotions can take over, but it was just like, I immediately went up into my mind and was like the pros and the cons and the, this and the, that. And like, even though my first initial like, yes, from my intuition was like, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll get a blue couch. And it was like, yes. And then I, and then I ignored it. And I was like, no, but like, I've never had a blue couch. That's like a very big commitment of color and all these things. And it just like dragged on forever. I think my, I I have a group text with my two sisters. And at the time they were like, oh my God, just like make a decision already. Like stop. (laughs) And I used to do that with clothes too. Like I would go shopping and I would be like, Oh, okay. This like fits. Okay. But like, like I would try it on and, and it would be like a small no. I'd be like, no, but then I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to that. I would just be like, no, but like it fits really well and it's a good price. And you know, it's from a, you know, the fabric is great, whatever it may be. And then I would buy it, but then I would be like, actually, I really don't like this. Like, I'm going to return it. Oh my God. I was like notoriously known for that. It'd be like, yeah, so I'm going to buy these things. And then later I was like, actually, I don't really like these. I'm going to return them. Thankfully, I'm like, if I don't love it, then I know that I'm not going to wear it later. So we've learned from those. We've learned from those experiences. (laughs) But I go back to this because when it comes to business, sometimes it's like, 
this makes perfect sense in my mind. This, the numbers add up, you know, it makes perfect sense to do this or to not do this, but something in you is like, you know, take the risk or take the plunge, or I don't know, there's just something in you that's, that's saying otherwise. And sometimes we go through the easy way and go with what the mind says and it doesn't work out. And sometimes we go through with what the body says, but it doesn't work out, but then it actually leads us to something better. And it's about really listening. How do I listen to my body? How do I listen to that deep inner knowing, not the mind? And what does listening to my body feel like? So for example, for generators, they might have emotional authority or they might have sacral authority. Or if you're a manifesting generator, a, a, a manifestor or a projector or a reflector, they will never have sacral authority. Because if you have your sacral defined, that's the main thing that makes you a generator. That's like 70% of the population. And so for the generator, sometimes it's a very like, listen to your gut, like listen to that visceral body reaction. And, and sometimes we ignore that one. It might be because we've lived out of the body for so long that it's like, wait, I can't trust my gut. Like, I don't even know what it's saying. So it's like, okay, let's, let's get back to like, how do we build safety in the body? How do we build that trust with our body to let ourselves know that our, our body is the safe space. And I mean, there's a whole, a whole other can of, worms. Well, not worms, but like a whole other route that I could go into about healing your relationship to your body and all of that, but I'm not going to go into that today. So let's assume that you've got a relatively good, well, I don't want to say good either because nothing is like good or bad. It's just what is. (laughs) I'm trying to be like politically correct, but I guess like all of that to say, like, if you're at a point where you're not listening to your gut because you're not in your body, then it's like, great invitation to ground into your body a little bit and notice what does my gut feel like when my body is like, mm, yeah, like I like this pizza. That's your body's reaction to something. So notice what that mm, feels like, like notice what that satisfaction sounds like. That is very much sacral authority. It's that gut. It's like that yes or no again in the moment, but different than the spleen. The sacral is like, I think about it very much like this like human bodily, like all of the senses experience where splenic, for example, is like, again, for me, like that little voice of like, yes, no, go that way up, you know, like just like, And other times it's like, what are you doing? You're not listening. (laughs) But that's because I've really learned to listen, even though I might not always pay attention to it. The other one, and like, I keep on jumping back and forth between all these different types of authority, but that's just how my mind is working. So we're going to go with it. The thing I've noticed for me is that while I am so quick to be able to make a decision, the thing with emotional authorities, they are not designed to make decisions that way. Like they need to ride out the emotional wave. And that really means that 
you need to, if you have emotional authority or if a loved one has an emotional authority, just keep this in mind that they need time to be able to make those decisions. It's like, okay, you're, you know, I'm planting it to me today and I might be on the low side of my wave, which means like, I'm feeling kind of down. Like I'm just like not up for things. And I might say no, or they might say no, but then if they were to be asked that tomorrow during the high of the wave, they might be like, yes, that sounds fantastic. But then the day after they might be, they'll be like, oh my God, why did I say yes to that? So the emotional authority is really about giving yourself time, giving yourself space, giving yourself the opportunity to, to be able to kind of notice what it feels like at different parts of the decision-making process. So sometimes it might be like, yes, I'm really excited about that. Or, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just not feeling up to it. Like it can really range. And so if you allow yourself to, to give yourself that time, then you kind of take, okay, for the most part, about 60% of the time I was excited about this opportunity or it was a yes for me or vice versa. I could be like, actually, uh, there's only like 30% of me that wants to say yes to that. So it's going to be a no. And it's really, it's not so much. I don't think you ever really get like to a hundred percent certainty. I think it's more of like allowing yourself to go through that process, to not rush into things, to notice when the other is rushing you into something. And in business, sometimes it can look like, oh no, I'm going to lose that client or I'm going to lose that opportunity. And I think if the client or the opportunity or that feeling of like being rushed is, is there, then it's like, okay, maybe that might not be the thing that's in most alignment. Because if you think about the energy of like feeling rushed or like, oh, I need to go do it. Like that's like frantic. Like that doesn't feel very good. Like that doesn't feel very supportive to go and move forward from that place. And so with emotional authority, for example, it's like, ride it out, take your time at least 24 hours. And I've really had to kind of on one hand, respect that after I learned about this emotional authority. And the other one was like, okay, great. Like I know that I can come to a decision myself very quickly. That doesn't mean that everyone else will. And that's fine. Like no one else, like it's not that everyone else has to be able to make decisions quickly either. It's like, okay, I know that this is the decision that I've made. So I'm going to let you ride out the wave and not really let it affect my decision-making process because I've already made the decision, which is also a fun game to play (laughs) of like, let me not get influenced. I'm going to trust that initial instinct that I had. And I will support you in you taking your time for that. And then we'll meet at the end of like, of, of deciding yes or no and how we want to move forward. So I think that's a beautiful place to be and to understand and to take into consideration when we're making these decisions, whether it's business decisions or bigger life decisions, like, I don't know, moving in with someone or getting married or having kids or getting a dog, you know, whatever 
quote unquote big decision can feel like for you, whether that's a blue couch, I want to include that in there because that was a big decision. And now I love having a blue couch. I think maybe green might be my next one, but we'll see. Anyway, I digress. I digress. But it's really about learning what, how am I designed to make the decision and how can I really trust myself in that? Like, oh, like another lesson that I've learned along you know, among the years that I've passed is my decision-making process doesn't always make sense. Like it doesn't always have an answer as to why, why. And I think for the people around me, sometimes that's been really hard to understand because it's like, oh my gosh, you're so judgy or like, why are you so, you know, at insert, you know, discomfort there based on my decisions and me not being able to answer why. But I'm like, I just know that I need to trust this decision. And that's it. Like, I don't need to explain myself to anyone. Like, this is my decision. And that's it. Like, there's, yeah, like, respect that or not. And that's it. Like, you can't bully me into doing something. And so I've noticed that the moments where I've just like, really, I'm like, listen to myself and listen to that spleen, listen to that authority. It's the moments where it's like saved me, (laughs) saved me from like making financial mistakes, saved me from just, you know, who knows, like who knows what else it, because it's just so powerful and magical that like, you don't always see it so directly and and vice versa, the times that I haven't listened to that, like inner knowing, it's also been reflected. So I, I'm, I'm remembering back to when I lived in LA and I was in this main road and I was, it was like a double yellow line and you're not supposed to do a U-turn there. And I know this. And I was like, oh, I should probably turn right here at the slide and then do the long way. But I was running late to my eye appointment And I did the U-turn where I wasn't supposed to, but I checked and there were no cars coming. But like two seconds later, I got pulled over and I got a ticket. The policeman was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not Isabel Road. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Thankfully, it was fine. No one was hurt. But I was like, oh, like major lesson to really, because I really before, like two steps before that, it was like, my spleen was like, turn right here, like don't make the U-turn, like turn right here and go the long way. But I didn't listen to myself. I was just like, no, whatever, like I'm running late. And I talked myself out of it. And then boom, shakalaka, take your ticket. And that's it. So I invite you to check out your body graph, check out your authority, your ego, the ego manifestor projector of authority is is all about like your heart, your will center, the self-projected authority, authority is speaking things out the mental projected it's like what are the thoughts happening in there and then lunar authority is the for reflectors so they wait uh, with the moon cycle 28 days so talk about patience and trusting the timing and we when we're when we're in a session whether that's your business by design or um a human design reading, we, we go, we dive into your specific decision-making process. So we dive more into what does ego manifested or ego projected or self-projected or mental projected. Or if you have, like, for example, for me, I have splenic authority, but then sometimes it's really good for me to kind of 
talk things out and hear myself. And then I actually get a lot of clarity in that way in hearing myself kind of go through the process and like, oh, that's actually what's like happening up there in my mind. And so that's that's actually another type of authority. So sometimes it can be a mix of both or like sometimes you can be a sacral authority, but also have your spleen defined. So it's a mixture. It's But essentially like there will be one key way of making decisions and then another supportive ones, I guess you could say. But the, the moral of the story is like, when your mind wants to take over, when your mind is so active, it's like, okay, let me clear it or let me send it away on vacation. For a while, it was like, it was an exercise that I that I used to do and I still do it. It's like when my mind would just be like, well, what about this or this or this? And like, what are you going to decide? And like, are you going to move? And like, you know, like so intense. I'd be like, okay, mind, thank you so much. You're going to go on vacation. I love a beach vacation. So I would just picture my mind at the beach chilling. And I'm like, okay, I need you recharged because when we launch a program or when we have a new idea or a new problem that we need to solve where I need your expertise, I need you like fully rested and recharged. And then it was like, okay, my mind is entertained at the beach, like go color something, go do something at the beach. And you know, this is all in my mind's eye. This is all in my imagination. Then it's like, okay, let me tune in to my body. Let me tune in to my center. Let me tune in to myself, get quiet enough so that my spleen can talk to me so that my intuition can talk to me and I can actually listen. (laughs) So if you're a generator, for example, like are you in your body enough to be able to listen to the ums and the ah and the reactions that you're having to things? Or if you're an emotional authority, like are you allowing yourself to go through the highs and lows of the decision-making process? An example that we like to use is like if you're taking a picture of a flower, you're going to take it from you know, one angle and then the other, then a certain time of the day with the different lighting so that you have a full picture of this flower. And then you'll be able to make your decision. Again, it's never a hundred percent guaranteed or like certainty, but I think it's more about allowing yourself to go through the process of giving yourself time to make that, to make that decision and have it really be kind of like a bodily experience of like, okay, what does my body want? What is my body saying to me? How do I ground into my body if I'm feeling too flustered? Like the mind has taken over again, like let's have it go on vacation, tune back into the body so that we can use our body to be able to make those decisions and drive those decisions. So when it comes to business, definitely your mind is here to problem solve. Your mind is going to come up with really great business ideas. Your mind is going to come up with a lot of really great business ideas. So it's really about tuning into your decision-making process, your authority to know which ideas are the ones to be carried out, to be listening in that way, in a different way to make those decisions. And I know that can be really different and like not what we're used to, but again, the mind is here for that. It's not here to make decisions. And so 
I invite you into experimenting with what that looks like. And you can start with something small. Like you can start with like, I don't know, like, oh, when I go to this coffee shop, I always get this coffee and it's like, okay, well, your mind is like already on autopilot, but like, does your body want a different type of drink today? Or does your body want a different type of pastry? You know, whatever it may be and kind of play around with what that can look like. And so, yes, experiment, test it out. Let me know what kind of authority you have. I think most of my clients end up having sacral and emotional authority. Those are kind of like the ones that are most consistent. And sometimes they'll have their spleen defined, but it's either like those three. And I think majority is usually those three, spleen, sacral, or emotional anyway. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so happy that you're here and I hope that you have a beautiful day and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Your Latina Mentor podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and or share it with your friends and family. If we aren't friends on social media yet, go check out Instagram at Isabel J. Restrepo. Here we go again with the pronunciation or Isabel J. Restrepo. Check out the website www.isabeljrestrepo.com and we will see you on the next episode. Talk soon.